Working? Okay. And welcome to Lily, High on Life. Our special guest today. Is it Marilyn Leder? 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 Leder. Let me start again. Okay. <laughs> this Leder is fine. Yeah. Okay. And welcome to Lily, High on Life. Our guest today is Marilyn Leder. Marilyn, welcome. Hi, Lily. How are you? I'm really well and very excited about talking to you today. Oh, it's lovely to be here. It's first, to first spend of all, time with yeah. you. <laughs> well, first of all, being a comedian, it's got to be upbeat and happy. Although I'm sure that's not all the time. But also you've had such a fascinating life. You've lived in different places around the world and you've done such interesting things. But now you're back in Melbourne. Tell me what is it about Melbourne and what are you doing now? Oh, Melbourne's my home. I was born and bred here. So um, Melbourne's such... Oh, look, culturally, it's it's so wonderful. We've got so many festivals here, don't we? You know, you've got one of the, the three biggest comedy festivals in, in the world, Melbourne International Comedy Festival. So, Tell us about your comedy career. All right. Well, I actually got into... I've always loved um, comedy, whether it be live or... Or, or, or on screen but um, in the 90s I was definitely a, a very very big fan of comedy and used to go and see a lot of live shows in Melbourne um, but uh, in the the mid 90s I actually got a scholarship to um, to study film in the US um, so I did a, a master of, of fine arts um, at UCLA I did um, a, I had an education abroad scholarship um, studying screenwriting um, for, for film wow. and television. Were you one of the only Australians at the time? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I was probably one of... I mean, there were there was some doing an ex- extension course, but I was, you know, part of you know, UCLA... Um, they must have program. loved your accent. They were a bit smitten by my accent, I've got to say, and it was quite good sort of doing, like in the comedy clubs, being a fish out of water. I was told I was the only woman there not doing blue material, so I could just get by by my accent. So, yeah, so, um, yeah, no, I did a, I did a, a comedy course there with a, a guy called Mike Lono, who was actually the comedy partner of Henry Winkler. Oh, the wow. Fonz, yeah, yeah. For those of you listeners that that remember uh, Happy Days, um, yeah. So uh, Mark Lono has had, I think he still has it, um, the Improv, which was a famous LA comedy comedy club. And so I, yeah, I learned learned how to do stand up comedy through him. Um, met some wonderful people. Um, had a lot of great comedy buddies, and I'd sort of try and do about three comedy gigs a week there. So. I worked at um, at the comedy store as well. I often do open mic nights. I worked at Cantor's, you know, the, the <laughs> bagel bagel deli. Um, but they had a you know a performance space there. I think they paid me with chicken soups, but they had really good matzo balls, so it was well worth it. <laughs> and you didn't feel intimidated getting up on stage. Ah, the... well, Lily, I have a um, I have a history as a performer. I was in the original um, Buddy Holly. Uh, story musicals so I toured around the country and um, and New Zealand as well with that wow. so I've always performed I, I, I was a saxophone player and I sang and you know was the lead in the school musicals and all of that do you so. still play saxophone uh, it is actually sitting in the corner of my my study gathering dust but I think I may have to because um, I have been singing a little bit and you know I sing with the band and you know there's there's sax players there that seem to be able to sing and play sax so We'll get there. I might just have to practice a bit. <laughs> so one of the big things about LA is that you get to name drop because 
everybody knows people that are famous from LA. Mm -hmm. So what was that like? You were young, you were starting, you were doing an apprenticeship. I did a couple of internships. So I did one for, so at the time was, you know, mid 90s. So the the biggest show at the time was Seinfeld. So that was, you know, I I wanted to do an internship as part of my course. And, uh, you know, I sat with the the lady who ran and she said, well, what shows do you like? I said, I like Seinfeld, I like Friends, I like Frasier. So she actually got me a gig with NBC. So it was all those shows. So, but also I I worked with Jason Alexander, who, who, plays George on Seinfeld. So he had um, recently sort of had some success with Pretty Woman, you know, with Richard Gere. And um, 20th Century Fox offered him a production company to either, you know, direct, star in or or, um, or, or produce How films. do you deal with that at that stage of your life? I don't know. I just sort of took it in my stride. It was, it was quite exciting, I think, being at 20th Century Fox and just having a tour around there and seeing, you know, the mural of Marilyn Monroe and, you know, in the seven-year itch and, you know, seeing um, Shirley Temple's wing and, you know, which was like this beautiful Tudor wing. You can imagine, I think, in the 20s, you know, Shirley towards at the 30s, Shirley Temple would have kept the studio alive, really. Of course. So it's fascinating. And finding accommodation and friends. Uh, well, that was all through UCLA, so I, I stayed in the... The dorm for the for the poor students, so where we had to actually work. So I had Which to put in. For, it was it was yeah it was quite fun. I was just down the road from the Jewish one, so we'd have the parties with the, the Jewish fellas. But um, but yeah, it was um, I can't remember what it was called. It was a co-op. So you literally you'd work four hours a week and you'd get reduced um, accommodation. I was quite fortunate. I had quite a, a lovely room with a, a gorgeous gal who I'm still sort of connected with. She's actually she's done an exchange to Australia too and stayed stayed with me and my cousin and some friends. So yeah, so we sort of go back a long way. But um, no, I don't know. I just I'm kind of used to it. I mean, in in Australia, I was sort of always involved with you know film and media. So. And your Jewishness. I mean, you're obviously yeah. very upfront about yeah. it and everything. Yeah. Is what what does it mean to you being Jewish? Um, I don't know, it's my culture and my heritage and I'm so proud of it. Like I'm actually, I've sort of gone out of my way recently to write sort of more Jewish material in my act. Um, yeah, sort of, I don't know, like it's just, I, I, and we've got such a great history of, of Jewish comedians with, you know, all my favourite comics, you know, Mel Brooks and Woody Allen, you know, they're all, you know, um, Rob Reiner, all, all of the, all of the greats, right? So um i don't know it's just so it's just within me think? it's you know my my grandmother was a holocaust survivor and um and you know, my my grandfather unfortunately passed away in in auschwitz but um you know so that's it's so intrinsic within me um and we have this capacity to be able to laugh through the tears i think that's that's really important Huge. yeah yeah, yeah. Laugh at ourselves and through the yeah, tears. Yeah, yeah. I remember we used to have to whack mum because, you know, she would try and make us laugh during funerals just so we wouldn't get too upset. <laughs> you know, like, mum, not now. You know? Do you do that Jewish thing where you walk into a room and scan the room to see if anybody else looks Jewish or on the aeroplane? No, that must Don't just you? be you, Lily. Okay. <laughs> it's just me. I always look. It's funny because growing up, I think, I don't know, until I was, I don't know, just recently, I think I've, people wouldn't, because I'm, you know, fair hair, blue eyes, people wouldn't necessarily think that I was Jewish, but I think now I've become more Jewish and I think my mannerisms are quite Jewish too, but uh, yeah, I don't know, I embrace it. I, I love it. I'm sort of quite... <laughs> That's <laughs> great. Yeah. I, uh, especially with all the anti-Semitism that's around and especially now at colleges and even in LA. But I remember with the scanning any other Jews, 
I took a flight on a Friday or Saturday once and I felt really guilty about it, even though I'm not religious at all and never have been. But I noticed there were no Orthodox Jews on the plane because you can usually pick them. So I was a little bit worried, but it was okay. So how long did you actually spend in uh, Los Angeles? About a year. And then you came back to Melbourne. Yeah. Yeah. And what did you do? Gosh, so I was a... um, I worked as a script assessor for Village Roadshow and ABC Television, but it was just, um, it, it wasn't like regular work. It was just, you know, if they had a film that they they wanted me to, to assess or give them some feedback on. So it was sort of, yeah, I, I did that, but I was also, um, gosh, what else did I do? Because at the, I'm trying to remember, so before, because before I went to LA, I'm trying to go back. So I, yeah, I was in a musical and I, um, I taught a bit and and it wasn't just just, stand-up you were also writing yeah I was writing as well well attempting to you know it was like I was we were talking before it probably took 15 years after I came back to be able to actually get a a, a show up for for television so but yeah I was um what was your question again I just what was I doing (laughs) when I came back yeah how did you deal with because living in LA is so different I'll tell you I actually yeah I actually ended up my my day job was actually, oh, that's what I was going to say, was before I left, I was I worked as an arts officer for Arts Victoria. So I wrote speeches for, um, for you know, Jeff Kennett, and he was the Minister for the Arts at the time. And then uh, it went to, to Brumby, was ended up being um, Premier after after Jeff. But So I, I was a political speechwriter, and I worked in public affairs. That so, is bizarre. I mean, you'd probably, oh, not really. I mean, you'd probably know as a producer, like a lot of, a lot of produ- producers, film producers and TV producers, also work in media comms. It's very similar skills. You know, you're, 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 you're managing events, you're writing. I found it fascinating. Honestly, Politics. it was one. Yeah, I found it so interesting. And the people I worked with, a lot of them were ex-journalists. And I found them really interesting, very intelligent. Um, yeah, I loved going to work. And it was just really fun being behind the scenes. You know, Minister Madden, you know, Simon Madden, who's the footballer. And, you know, we just it was quite interesting. And I always thought that's what I'd like to write a television show about, you know. Politics. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it's sort of been done now, you know, but... But I think it's it's a very interesting world. I think to to be involved with. So, because so, you're saying that you really loved it and enjoyed it, and the yeah, people and everything. So, did it ever cross your mind to stay in politics rather than? Ah, uh, well, I'm pretty eccentric, you know. So, you know, like I'm, I can, I, I, yeah, no, I think I, I kind of like a bit of a bit of razzle dazzle as well. I like to, I like to kind of take the mickey out of things, you know. So it was always going to be did, performing. Yeah, I think so. But I'd, I'd sort of slip jokes in. Like I remember there was, you know, the opening of um, Spring Fashion Week and, and I had some line that like, you know, Mel- Melbourne does fashion like no other, you know, no other city in Australia. Sydney might have the coat hanger, but what's a hanger without a frock to put it on, you know? <laughs> yeah. Gorgeous. So, yeah, it's just a bit of fun. And so you could always see yourself out there, and because um, you was, did you start off singing or start? Yeah, off well, I'm a saxophone, saxophone player both. So I did, yeah, for the Buddy Holly story, I had to sing, play saxophone, and act. So you know, How jack, of, you jack of all that? trades, master of none. I mean, yeah. that's that's pretty major. <clears throat> and How did too. you get? I auditioned. Like you just else. auditioned. Of course. In here, you found auditions in Melbourne. A uh, friend. Well, I, I studied music and theatre at university, and a friend told me, a friend knew the, um, 
the, the, the musical director and they were looking for people and they, I think they were after a saxophone player that sang. It was kind of me. There's not that many. Like, you know, there were people at, that's what I was saying, there was people at university that were possibly better at playing sax than me, but they didn't have a voice like I do or they couldn't act like me. So I'm, you know, I'm not a bad singer, you know, I'm not a bad you know, actor, I, I can, I'm not going to say I'm a triple threat because I'm not, I'm not great at all of them. But, but you are I'm a pretty, pretty good. I'm a pretty good singer and actor, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'm and quite unique. Like, yeah, the way I, the way I perform. So, you know, it's a char- I'm a character actor. Yeah. And did you always see yourself getting married and having kids as well? I think so. Like I wasn't the sort of gal that, you know, dreamt of the white pretty frock or anything like that. I'm, you know, I was a bit of a tomboy, I think, but I was definitely really into performing and just, I was just like a bubbly little thing. In fact, I think my, 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 I have older sisters, 10 and 12 years and all their friends, my nickname to them was Bubbles. So yeah, uh, it was just kind of. They're 10 my, and 12 years old. Yeah. Than you. Yeah. So I'm the baby by, by quite a bit. My mum said I wasn't a mistake I was an afterthought <laughs> which is really nice, nice. Even, if, even if it wasn't true I was always brought up like a happy afterthought and so what was that sibling nice. relationship like with such a Great. large um age difference oh yeah well look my um yeah my older sister always Debbie says that I was her first baby right <laughs> so she was 12 when I was born and they just kind of adored me. You can imagine I was sort of and this cute little with fun, you? yeah, yeah, cute little kid. And and my middle sister Julie was um is Julie Leader. She's a, a saxophone player. She was with the police, the the Victorian Police Band for many many years. So wow. you know, so yeah, she got me into saxophone and taught me from a very young age. And um, yeah, very um, cool. So um and when they got a little older and started dating, did they? take you out to Debbie the discos? Would, Debbie would take me out on dates with her, absolutely, yeah, which was just kind of amazing. Like, my brother-in-law now, I'm thinking, I actually spent the, the first night in their, in their new house, I spent with them. Um, it sounds a bit weird, but, um, yeah, I helped them unpack, and, I mean, I think they, they quite enjoyed my company. <laughs> it's kind That's of fun. I think I entertain them, if, you know, yeah. It's always fascinating when there's a large difference in ages, and that's why I ask, because mm. it can go either way. But I wonder if that made me a performer, you know, because I have heard that sometimes that can be the thing. When you're the youngest, you're, you're encouraged to entertain, you know. Yeah. Well, you're also loved and adored yeah, by so many more people. Yeah, I love the people. attention, yeah. <laughs> and all of that goes yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. And so when you, st- how did you fall in love the first time? Oh, <laughs> was did you just know, or did you date somebody for a while? And oh gosh, I don't remember. So long ago. But you just knew you were going to get married when. Oh, you that, did. that question about um, yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, I got married at like twenty nine. I think it was like a few weeks off my thirtieth birthday. So you know, that's always the stigma. You go. Uh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> so no, I think I actually turned thirty on honeymoon. So there you go. I got in just within an inch of my life. Just yeah. in time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And what was it like becoming a mother? Like somebody oh, else was lovely. the centre. Like, lovely, yeah, because I could sing to my little my little girl and my little boy. We used to joke that like I changed the, the the arrangement, the same song, but the different words. Like it became like a it was a sweet little song that I'd sing to my daughter. But then when my son came along, it became like <laughs> a big band arrangement. And now, funnily enough, I'll sing that same song to the dog and the cat. So. You know. <laughs> So you you actually expanded your audience with having children. Yeah, it's lovely, yeah. (laughs) And um, so, and I'm assuming that your sisters were a huge help with the kids. Absolutely, yeah, my my mum and my mother-in-law as well too, yeah. 
you had uh, your in law. You had a great relationship with your in laws too. Yeah, which is yeah. lovely. Yeah. It's it's like the the perfect trifecta to actually get in laws as well that you get on well with. Not only the person marrying into the family. It's so. I mean, I was very fortunate that I had so many great helpers, and also because my my nieces are only um, fourteen and sixteen years younger than me, so they were also really terrific, and my nephew as well. So I think I've only had to pay for a babysitter maybe twice in my <laughs> life, and I think my niece got angry at me that night. She said, "Why didn't you ask me?" And I think one of those times was actually for one of my niece's twenty-first birthday. And believe it or not, the babysitter actually went went to the twenty-first after <laughs> after we came home. So so yeah. it sounds like you had a really warm, close family environment. Absolutely, yeah. Any major? I'm not going to ask you specifically what it was, but did you do you remember ever having any? major altercations with any of your sisters or nieces or no no I'm pretty happy yeah it's just always been pretty pretty yeah 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 we have good have stuff pretty yeah pretty good relationship at home that's which is great. good yeah. yeah and everybody always knew that you were the performer and you were going to go on stage so um well, my sister was as well my mum wasn't really all for it she you know she used to say don't let your daughters on the stage that was like a big jewish thing like my mum was actually really loved dance but she was never allowed to do it right and then when she got into her 20s and started working and earning her own money she she you know ended up doing some um i think was it a council of adult education dance classes and that was actually where she met my dad because my dad um herbert leader um is um my late father was the melbourne jewish photographer and they were at some um I don't know, there must have been some Council of Adult Education thing at the at the Murray River where they all went and Mum was doing modern dance and Dad must have done some sort of photography thing and eyes locked and I think five weeks later um, they were walking across the road and they had a little argument and Dad went to grab Mum's hand and she pulled it back from him and he yelled at her, this is after five weeks, you're still going to marry me, aren't you? And she goes, yes! And that was how we proposed and they were both so shocked after five weeks. So... Yeah, when you know, you know. <laughs> That's a gorgeous story. Yeah, it's cute, isn't it? <laughs> and so what's the um, what do you see now that you're living in Melbourne and your career seems to be going quite well in the comedy area? Tell me a bit about what it's like working in Melbourne and if that can and, and if you can transition that to being part of the US comedy yeah, scene well, as well. Or is it one or the other? Ah, oh, look, I mean I like I said, I was in, in LA in the mid-90s. I actually kept with my studies, and I, 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 I'm a doctor, so I, I'm a script doctor. So I, I, I did a PhD in writing strong oh, and wow. funny female characters. So, so I sort of got into academia. So that's kind of my day job. Um, and I, I was um, full-time now. I'm three days a week, um, which is great, because then I can also do other creative stuff as well. But um, in answer to your question, look, it was uh, completely different. I mean, L- LA was, you know, I was, was working next to where sort of Jay Leno was was filming and um, I had one night I had um, I had Chris Rock come before me when I was when I was performing so you know it's it's a totally different stratosphere but then at the same time I'd go to uh, like I when I came back to Melbourne I'd perform at the SB the Esplanade Hotel which was you know the biggest venue at the time and um, I just felt the audiences there was the laughter was just 
it was just so fab like I don't know there's something about Australian laughter it's a bit different to the US laughter in the US I felt like it was all um, professionals in the audience you know they were all part of the industry and so they wow. they'd like you know what I mean they'd sort of look and say oh yes yeah, you know she's funny da, 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 da. but um, and if they liked you you'd get another gig um, in Australia I don't know it's just there's something about it I really like I'm definitely definitely an Australian girl I want to write Australian stories you know with strong funny female characters Jewish if I can so yeah that's, that's great yeah so your focus is on both performing and of course writing new material for writing yourself. new material and also my students too like I teach I convene second year at Swinburne so I um you know my, my students write and create short films and it's really fun it's and really joyful the teaching gives you great well yeah too. I sort of trained as a teacher I didn't really work in teaching that much I you know did a few artists in residencies but I, I sort of got other work but I really like working with adults like you know that was part of my work as a script assessor I still do that now people will send me scripts if they you know want me to give them feedback or work with them help them edit their their screenplays that's sort of my my side gig you know it's, I quite enjoy doing that working with you know emerging writers and and helping helping them but if I'm if I'm just teaching I'd go a bit batty you know so it's you know it's good to have both. Yeah, yeah I had some students actually in the audience last night at a gig that I did sort of uh, I got up there was like eight of my students that I currently teach in the front row as I'm doing my filthy material I sort of said strap yourselves in boys <laughs> mama's gonna teach you a thing or two <laughs> and what about venues that you can perform at in Melbourne how are there, are there enough is has it changed? Uh, yeah, well, so I, I actually, so I was, I only worked in Australia as a comedian for a couple of years. Um, and then I got married and just had to get a day job, really. Um, but it was very different there. And it was a bit of an icky scene. Like, you really wouldn't, as a young Jewish girl, you really didn't want to be in the, you know, in the green room, in the comedy clubs. It just wasn't very nice, you know. It's just a bit icky. There weren't that many women doing it. And I didn't really, you know, I had a few mates, but I didn't really bond with a lot what of the comics the at the time. What type of comedy in the comedy? Well, exactly. Yeah. It was very sexist, you know. Um, and I probably wasn't sure about who I was either. As a comedian, you have to have a, a really strong sense of self to know what you're going to talk about. Um, and that's so why I, I actually stopped for, literally I had my kids and I stopped for about 20 years and I only got back into it about five years ago. Um, How but, did that happen that you got back into ah, something you loved? Oh, look, I just, yeah, that's a really good question because... I guess, you know, I would go and see... It's always like, for me, it's like I, you want to fill a gap and I, I wasn't seeing the sort of comedy that I wanted to see, you know, but also I'm naturally... It makes sense for me because I'm a writer, I'm a performer, um, you, you know what I mean? So to actually... And also producer, so I, for me, it's a natural fit for me to be a comedian. But I just to get back into it, believe it or not, it was do you remember Rachel Berger? You know, I do. Yeah, so Rachel, like I'm, I've always been a big fan of Rachel, and she she did um, uh, with a, a lady called Kath Devaney, who's a, a journalist. Um, she used to write for the Age. She um had a, a, a she would call it Gunners. So it was for people like was they were writing courses, not really a course. What do they say? Just a uh, stand-up comedy well she training, did stand-up yeah she did stand-up comedy but it was just like a an afternoon that you'd spend doing it um and that was all I really needed I just needed Rachel to sit behind me and say yes Marilyn you can do it and get a few tips just to I mean I had the skills I just needed to get 
you know, the, the bravery up again to perform. Because, I mean, I can, you could give me lines and I could say it and I won't get nervous. But to stand up and talk about yourself, you can get quite nervous. And now I don't really get nervous anymore, Lily, because I do like, a, I try and perform a couple of times a week at least, maybe even three times. But if I'm performing regularly, I don't get nervous. It's fine. I just kind of do it. And because I lecture as well, it all, like, like all of, together. it all comes together. I'm quite, like, I'm quite confident on a stage and, um, like, some, sometimes I'll go to some venues where some of the big guys are frightened because there's some, you know, maybe some some interesting people, let's just say, in the crowd that might heckle. But I don't – I just look at them in the eye and they're, they're more scared of me than I am of them. And, <laughs> and even if I might be scared, I won't show it. But I, I don't really feel scared. The I level just, of quality of comedy has changed. Yes, yeah, so that's your question. That. Yeah, I do find – to be honest, nowadays, like the comedians are so fabulous. You know, we've got very, very clever comedians and I've got a lot of close friends that are comics now. Whenever I do a gig, I'll always know half a dozen people there and that's nice. So the issue was before, I didn't want to be going to a club and you've got to wait a lot of the time. 20, 30 years ago, I didn't really want to be hanging out with the people in the yeah. in the green room, but also they weren't that friendly to me either. Whereas now, you know, there's people that, you know, I just adore and it's lovely and I'll, I'll go and see them perform even... I might do a gig and then I might go and see a friend's gig and vice versa. So it's lovely. There's a real camaraderie and, you know, I feel like I'm like now one of the elders, you know. <laughs> so, That's great, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I actually also used to do stand-up with Eurydice Dixon, who was the young girl that, that got killed a few years back. Yeah. So, like, we were, we were part of a comedy collective um, in Richmond and I would often perform with her and, like, we were all the, the, the Melbourne comedy community was so devastated I actually stopped performing for a couple of years actually I yeah yeah I was so upset about it and I just yeah I just had to sort of pull back so I'm really like I, I just feel like you would see would be happy for me to be back up yeah yeah really some, well, some people became quite political after that and and I thought you know what the, like the way to be political is just to have a microphone in your hand really you don't have to you know just a woman with a microphone is is a powerful statement and I think yeah. it's really important that you know we we you know, we have avenues for, for women to be on stage and whether that's, you know, it's also like my love is, is doing television and but that takes so long to get up. I'm so happy just to, to write some material, get up and perform it um, and just refine it. I really love it. Like I love the art of stand-up comedy and for me it's like, you know, some gigs I get paid for, some I don't, but for me it's all about getting decent laughs. That's, what, that's you know, the thing that, that pushes me forward and, yeah. Is it hard to write material for yourself? Mm-mm. No, it's pretty easy. It's pretty easy. It happens every day. Like I was just out. Uh, we ha I had a, had a drink with with a few comics after the show, and we we're just talking about something. And it was something that happened years ago, and and they were laughing. I was like, oh, I should write this down. You know, I should. And it, like you know, just things happen. And like usually when I'm out with my friends, I I kind of naturally go towards the humorous even you know in bad situations yeah. I go for the humorous and you know what it is you know the the tragedy in time equals comedy so yeah, yeah. yeah sometimes it takes a little while to find the funny in in things but um I usually I'm I'm pretty quick with it <laughs> that's great it's like, got... you know you with a, you with a like I'm divorced now and you know I date and and you know every time it goes bad it's like great that'll give me another 10 minutes <laughs> so every experience is valuable yeah, yeah. I always threaten the fella I say 
oh, you give me some good stuff there. <laughs> I have a girlfriend who uh, who's a writer and I bought these sh- uh, shoes once and I was showing her and she said, but Lily, they're too small. I said, but I love them so much. I had to have them even if they were a bit small right. and they were super fancy, whatever. Years later, um, she put it into one of her scripts. Yeah, it's pretty funny. It's a pretty good character. What did she say about it? Oh, just um, about about buying shoes that were too small Mm. because it was because they were just so beautiful well you're in good company Celine Dion said the same thing I think she went into yeah she went into a shoe store and she loved these shoes and she said what size do you have and they go what size are you she goes no what size do you have I'll make it work (laughs) so do you have scripts that you've written that are sitting waiting oh come on what screenwriter doesn't have some unpublished (laughs) scripts in a drawer you know of course yeah do you share them around in australia or overseas you know what i i often like they become a calling card script so sometimes i don't think any of the scripts i've written have been wasted because i might send it to somebody you know for a job like if they want a sample of your work you can send that Um, that's great yeah like i've had i had a a television show that i i did a tv pilot for um had julia zamiro in it and nikki went and we got very close to it getting made and you know it went to all the networks and anyway it didn't get made but you know the the head of head of channel nine at the time um said look next time you know just just call us up on the phone you know so i did the i made a tv pilot but it didn't it didn't go anywhere but it's still you and know, you produced part of it yourself well too. yeah yeah I, I did the pilot so it, it sort of great. set us up you know with contacts etc etc so yeah. do you have writing partners or you yeah, just I write do. by yourself I do, yeah. so you're always working on well, comedy is really good to write with other people it's more fun for a start it's just good to have people to bounce off yeah yeah you find like Seinfeld was written in pairs, you know, each. Oh, they've got huge teams of people. Well, they had, they had young 25-year-olds, really, like especially towards the end, you know, as grad students that would end up doing it. And they would actually be on set because sometimes they'd change things on set. Um, yeah. 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 And Marilyn, I've got to ask you because there's this really... Um, you're smart on stage and you're smart off stage, oh, but there's this really... <laughs> serious part of you that is um very grounded in terms of what and who you are in your life and right. the balances between the different things that you do mm. and then you've got this stage persona <laughs> which is totally bizarre crazy <laughs> and outrageous really? I mean. yeah. so that's me lily that's a that's but a all of, of that yeah. so how how, how did you sit down and decide look I'm going to be completely blue and off color about sex or did because it's a thing and a well, shit we all have sex like everyone has sex I'm just a little bit more open about it than some so that's my but I question like, to, like you know men are up on stage talking about sex and why is it so shocking for a woman to talk about that same stuff you know men date younger women so why can't I be out there you know dating the young dudes like so I think it was, it's lovely to um, to, to bust open that stereotype. And also, I don't like the idea of, you know, the divorced women that are sitting at home lamenting that they don't have a fella. It's like, well, so get out in there and date it. You know, if the, the old dudes aren't doing it for you, get out there and get yourself a younger model. It's like, why not? I, I loved it. It was more, was it, was it, a, con- it was a conscious decision about that's what your character on stage would be, you yourself who are, 
every part of you and the bizarreness and the openness. Yeah, like was that that was a conscious decision? Like, or were oh, you no, looking okay, for so were it, you looking for a, a something that was gonna say, okay, this is Marilyn, this is what she does, and that right. hook or that grab? Well, I just um, you know talked about you know I, it, it's look it's a it's a heightened version of me as you mentioned. You know, it's like I mean I wouldn't talk like that at work you know but, but, I, but I do make little asides like at you know to people at work about I just mention about how filthy my material is I just say that you know yes. when they say they want to come up I'll say to like my manager oh I'd make you blush you know I, I sort of <laughs> say things like that you know yeah. so to make it clear you know what what it is but um yeah, like it's not too bad. Like I had this lovely lady from the gym, you know, this beautiful, you know, beautiful sort of um, middle, middle-aged middle elderly woman um, that came up to me after my gig and she goes, Marilyn, this after I was quite filthy, she goes, you kept yourself nice. Like, I mean, I think I, there's something about it. Like, you know, I can talk about my sex life, but I'm as shocked as, I'm as shocked saying those things as the audience are hearing, hearing them. But and also, you know, some of the material that I, I wrote, I thought, oh, I've got to write something for the young uni boys that come to the gig. So, you know, I, I wrote that Amy Winehouse sort of number that was, is quite filthy and I do get quite shocked when I sing it. Um, but yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Everyone loves it. So like girls reckon that the, like a little bit of wee comes out when they laugh to that one. Because it is, it's like, yeah, it's like, how far can I take this? Yeah. So, but there's, it's really not that, I don't know. I don't find it. I think that I also like the juxtaposition of things. So, um, you know, I love the idea that I'm this like sweet little Jewish girl, but then I can be filthy. And I think that's fun because let's face it, everyone has sex. Like, so let's just embrace it and and um you know celebrate it really and has your mother seen the show well, my mother's not with us anymore oh, so that I'm was so sorry but but look that's why i can actually do that stuff because my mum's not there as a jewish mum going oi marilyn what are you doing she didn't have an accent but i but the accent was internal she was a carlton girl but you know <laughs> what about your two older sisters oh they won't come and see it i mean my, they won't. no no it's it's they would love it they would absolutely love it like they they saw my first show you know five years ago um uh yeah look i don't know i think it's just because you know i've my my marriage has split up and it wasn't it wasn't so happy the breakup and and they think that it's going to be about that but it's i barely touch on that at all i think there might be one song and you know it's more about my my spoodle than about my ex-husband because that's not my job to but to, what i really love you know, is what you said just before which i think is just so important and the fact that there are women that are divorced and sitting around yeah. doing nothing. Yeah. And, and uh, you do it so that to motivate I them. I do. I actually do have altruistic reasons for doing what I'm doing yeah. on stage. It actually is why I'm doing it. Because I'm, I'm quite, like I said, I was a, a publicist in a, a past life. And I'm quite good at, you know, spurring people on. And, like, I've got a lot of single friends. And, you know, I have people that, like, I barely know that say, oh, Marilyn, you've been such an inspiration, you know, for me to get out. Yeah. And, you know, these girls that have been divorced for eight years, you know, that are And people want to know. I mean, I've got to tell you, I was shocked. I didn't know how I felt about it for a couple of hours even after I got home. Oh, but really? I loved, yeah, but I loved the fact that you did it because people want to know what other people do sexually. Right. And it's not... <laughs> don't go into that much detail. <laughs> oh my God, don't shock your conservative Jewish audience. It's all right. It's all right, booba. Everything's fine. It is <laughs> fine. Keep your shaitel on. It's fine. <laughs> so. But it's, 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 
you know, the fact that you're able to do it and that you do do it, it's different times and different stages. You know so. what? If you're out there in the comedy clubs and you see what's what's going down at the moment, it's really not that shocking. Even if you get on Netflix, you see what Ali Wong's doing. I mean, she's still gorgeous. She's still as gorgeous. Yeah, yeah but you I know. don't, you know, I wouldn't go to see blue people, but I'd, I'd go to see your show thank again. Thank you. Thank you. Because I, I found it not only entertaining... But educational. I Did really you think did. That? My, my, yeah, yeah. My, I've got a TV producer I'm working with, and he said the same thing. In what way was it educational? Well, it's like, oh, really? So that's what you do when you go down on someone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't go into that much detail. Well, you should. Oh, Even right. more. Okay, you've given me some more material. And I've got to tell you, you just really quickly. Um, <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> I actually, on my 50th birthday, I was in Los Angeles and I got myself a gig, a stand-up gig at the comedy store Yay, upstairs in the top. ballet room oh. and every other, um, every other, never done it, never stood up before, did, did a lot of in front of camera stuff, but yeah. every other comedian was a big black guy with his pants halfway down his ass. Got a prime spot in the middle of the bill, which should have been brilliant. Oh, wow. The guy in front of me, who was so sweet in the green room, he was taking a yes. plane to see his mother for yeah. Mother's Day and yeah. everything, gets on stage and does all this stuff about sex with fat girls. Oh. And I'm a little larger and I'm standing there and I'm just absolutely shocked. And I just dropped everything that I had because Oy. I couldn't just go on and that do would a be set. Awful. You shouldn't have and listened I talked to about, it. Yeah. But no, but I talked about what a lovely boy he was back in oh, the that's green clever. room. That's and very I clever. sort of just Good on you. did stuff off the top of my head, yeah. but completely threw me off. So that was the first and last time I did stand up. And that's why yeah. when I had kids. You have to keep at it. Like, there's always yes. going to be things that will throw you. But, um, I mean, I could have got a little bit thrown seeing my students there. Like, that's my biggest fear, you know. But but it was fine. Like, they're lovely boys. And I just, for the first half or the first third, I couldn't look them in the eyes. I was looking everywhere else. But then I, the first filthy bit, that then I looked them in the eyes. And that's when I said, strap yourself yourselves in, boys. And then it was fine after that. Yeah. It was absolutely fine. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't say the P word, so it was... <laughs> <laughs> and at this stage, I don't think it even matters. It's no, just... no, but I don't get embarrassed anymore. Like now I've said, I've said all those gags so much. I don't, I'm quite fine about it all. Because like I said, I do kind of keep myself nice and I still got, you know, like kids and I'm still a, you know, a mum and a, you know, a family woman, you know, and it's, yeah. just, it's just a character at the end of the day. It's just a character. I mean, you know, of course there's, there's a bit of truth in, you know, everything I talk about, but you exactly exaggerate you know you exaggerate a little bit and um the things i don't talk about is is the is the hot stuff you know <laughs> <laughs> okay i want to see that in the next show <laughs> i need you well, to integrate yeah well i'm doing i'm doing the milf next door again for fringe festival in october and um so i'm gonna do two nights at um a classic south side and then four nights at speakeasy theater which is fun it's a burlesque club so oh, right. in town so have you seen the marvelous no. mrs Maisel's? No. Oh, okay. So it's a Marvelous Mrs. Maisel's is a is a TV show, which I'm sure a lot of your listeners I've would heard have about heard it. I just about. haven't found yeah, it. Yeah. So she's a she's a New York Jewish mum whose whose husband cheats on her, and she becomes a stand up comedian, and it's brilliant. It's set in the 1950s with Lenny oh, wow. Bruce, and it's wonderful. You must watch it. So, um, so she ends up working at a strip club because she couldn't do her material at a normal club. So this club isn't quite a strip club; it's burlesque. So it's very kind of French and gorgeous and women with feathers, but with their boozies out. 
you know. But then I'm the, the, the comedian that stands up on stage with the mic. So And I keep my clothes on. So you'll be very happy to know. <laughs> Are there any boundaries you wouldn't cross? Uh, oh, look, I'm not filthy. Like, I mean, she says I am filthy, mm. but I'm not... I, okay, I just let's myself, just define this. I keep my this. clothes on. Okay. I keep my clothes on. I might talk let's about just stuff. Do, let, okay, so let's just define yeah. filthy here a yeah. little bit because it's I am filthy. Fi- I am filthy. Yeah, the but words that come out of your sake, mouth, but not filthy for the exactly. sake of being filthy. And I don't know for shock value. I, it's not just swearing. No, and it's not saying the word fuck. In no. Fact. You do say I might be say it once or twice, but yeah, I say but to my students, not... if you've got, if you're going to say the F word, say it once and do it well, you know, yeah. don't keep using it because that's just lazy. It's like what you say to your young kids, use your words, you know, yeah, yeah. so I'm articulate, so I'd rather use words, but if I'm going to say it, it's, it's in, yeah, it's yeah. in a reason. I'll so do it in a song because it's funny, you know, yes, and it's, it's not a funny just, word. <laughs> it's not just um, the artistic value or the humour in what you do, there's, <clears> there's a, what I'm feeling from this interview is that there's a lot of psychological stuff behind it that is also educational not just sexually but also educational in in the in terms of what lily high on life's all about motivating people to do something different. yeah yeah well i mean i kind of like to you know like i said i I did. I start the show, <clears throat> and I, I I do a song, which is a it's a I change the words to a sort of an iconic seventies female rock song, which you know it's, it's yeah. barracuda basically. But I change the words, and it's it's about it's about the breakup of my marriage, and instead of barracuda, it was like he was a Jewish law student, you know. <laughs> so yeah, um, and uh, you know, and it sort of goes from there. And but then I, I talk about you know how I ended up sort of dating, and I started with with guys my age but you know they sort of wanted to pin me down and set the term of the relationship before you know they'd even met me and you know it sort of felt you don't want to go from one marriage to another like you just yeah yeah, I sort of just wanted to date and um you know so are you in a relationship I'm not in a relationship but I'm dating Dating. yeah 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 and the whole lockdown thing is so wonderful and relatable it was yeah well yeah that was a gift that kept on giving so I I did actually um, end up <clears throat> doing some online dating. Like I, I swore I wouldn't do it because I wasn't brought up with it. But now that's how you date. And honestly, it was a blessing during lockdown that I could chat to these lovely fellas. People would say horrible things about online dating, but I only found it great because I could, you know, it was writing. I could practice my shtick with these fellas. And, you know, I'd, I think I'd entertain them and they'd entertain me and, you know, just yeah. just via text, you know. Yeah. And I wasn't doing sexting or that sort of <laughs> stuff. But it was all quite entertaining you know it was quite you know oh there might have been one or two sex things that they, you know, come see the show um yeah so um i found that all quite fun but it was really you know a friend of, i was quite quite bored with the older guys and um and so my friend said well i, I saw that she was went a bit younger i thought why don't i try that so oh i totally agree with you about younger men totally but at the same time, you've got to stay open to the older ones as well. Oh, I, but, of course. Yeah. But, but if I can young find ones one that's so much yeah. easier. And they say also, they say that the, the girls their age, they say they're just idiots. They say that they're very um, materialistic and just, just kind of a bit, yeah, you know, Kardashians. You yeah. know, they're yeah, a bit like that. Whereas I think an older woman, you know, we're a bit more down to earth. We know what we want and um, 
we're kind of fun, you know. And, and look, they so. probably don't want babies and we sure as hell don't want our ba- more babies. We've had our babies, you know. Is it biologically possible? I don't know, you know. But, um, but you know, it's. I think it's a better match, I think. Yeah. But, um, I, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely open to a guy my age. You know, if I can find one that will keep up with me, that's the problem. Some of the young guys can't keep up with me, Lily. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, good luck, fellas. Good luck. If there's someone out there, look me up. Well, the older <laughs> Jewish guys that can tend to go for the shiksas because right. they, they don't feel there's a Jewish woman that can keep up with them. Right. Well, you know, there's probably, if, if I'm there, there's got to be someone out there. It's probably, he'll probably be a New Yorker, though. I'll probably yeah. have to go to New York to find That him. makes a lot yeah, of yeah, sense. Yeah. And also a guy that's, you know, like I'm quite I'm quite busy and active and I, you know, do a lot of stuff. A guy that's not going to be intimidated by me either, you know. Um, so. I didn't ask you, what do your kids say about what you do? Do they... Seen your show? Do they? No, I won't let them see my show. Oh, you know what? I think. Well, somebody said to me, you know, kids have to rebel. So, you know, usually you have the conservative mum. So, so the kids rebel with, you know, going out and partying. But the mum that goes out, then the kids become a little bit more conservative. So sometimes they're a bit disapproving of me, but we sort of have a bit of a laugh about it. I think their friends all think it's hilarious, and you know, they yeah, we sort of. And they've got to have a good attitude about it because they live with you. Well, my my. My original show was, you know, I was doing a bit of yoga teaching at the time. So I did this um, uh, Taylor Swift song, you know, shake it off, shake it off. But it was like, what what happens in yoga? People blew, blow one off, you know, people always <laughs> farting in yoga. So my daughter actually, bless her, she, she did the farting sound effects for that song for me. Very tasteful, you know, very tasteful. Either of them following in your footsteps? Uh, you know what? I think that was also their way of rebelling. They're both beautiful entertainers. Like my daughter's got a great voice, played piano. My son was an award-winning dancer, oh, but wow. they stopped. They stopped. Once they hit puberty, that's it. You know, they kind of stopped. But they're, they're, we, we, we always joke that we have an imaginary microphone that goes around our, our house. And, like, we had fun, the three of us, in lockdown. Like, you know, I split up with my ex two weeks before the first lockdown. And the three of us just – it was a joy, lockdown. It was really fun. It was really fun together. Like, we just – we did that. entertain each other. And my son got in trouble because he um, – you know, they were doing the homeschooling and they had the video on and uh, the, the principal said, oh, you know, some kids are turning up to, this at Bialik, turns up, turn up, turning up to homeschooling, not in the correct uniform and some aren't wearing anything at all. I, was, I think my son was topless during <laughs> sport class and like throwing his jumper around his head and dancing for everyone. But I, I said, you know, what well, he's entertaining them. He's, he's a dancer, he's keeping morale up. So there you go. So, um... Just in the few minutes we've got left, what is it that you would like your kids to come away from, from your parenting? Oh, well, I think it's just that, um, you know, that, that, that mums don't, you know, have a life as well, you know, and I think that that can only be a positive thing. Like, I've heard that women that, um, women that work, apparently, um, are, I, I think it's it's quite a good influence on 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 the children you know because they see that and i think honestly i think the the younger generation they're sort of used to the parents working and and it's also just that life doesn't stop when you you know when you have hardship you know life doesn't stop you got to well, you know when life gives you lemons you make lemonade that's yep. kind of my philosophy so yeah so they've also got a good sense of humor they can yeah. take life in their stride yeah yeah i think it's been very difficult for kids you know that have gone through lockdown i think that's been the real challenge for them so you know sort of trying to be there for them through those difficulties my, my daughter did vce during lockdown year 11 and 12 but she 
you know, she did so well. So, you know, she still said, oh, I could have done better, Mum, but she, she really couldn't have. It was, she did amazingly well. Wow. Yeah. And have you got a show coming up? Is yes. there something you'd like to play? Yeah, so like I said, The Milf Next Door will be on um, in October. I think it's 9th. You'll have to look up the dates. But if you look up Marilyn Leader, The Milf Next Door, um, Classic Southside, which is, you know, the, the classic yes. cinema. Upstairs is a comedy and jazz bar. Um, so that'll be two nights in October and and, um, and also four nights I'll be, for those of you that would prefer to go into the city, um, in Flinders Street is Speakeasy Theatre. So also just look up Marilyn Leader, The Milf Next Door. You're welcome to follow me on Facebook, Marilyn Leader Comedy, Leader, L-E-D-E-R. Um, but, yeah, just, just drop me a line or and just follow me. website as well or just Facebook? Uh, it's all Facebook and Insta these days. Yeah, so really cool. Yeah, well, I do lots of gigs around town during the week, so you can always, you know, see what's coming up. I usually post, you know, I do like five, ten minute spots, you know, a couple of times a week at various venues. So, yeah. Excellent. It's been so delightful sitting and talking to you. Likewise. And finding the real Marilyn. <laughs> <laughs> and she really is just like on stage. Oh, wow. With everything else that comes with it. Thank you so much. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. Excellent. That went quickly, didn't it? It, it always does. Fun. And there was there were lots of really um, – 